Okay, hello everybody and welcome to Investing with IBD sponsored by Marketsmith. Today is April 16th, 2020 and we have a special bonus episode of the podcast today. I'm your host, Arusha Paris, and we have Scott O'Neill, CEO of Data Analysis Incorporated, back on the show. Scott, thanks for being here. Of course. Glad to be here. For today's bonus episode, we are going to talk about the current market, and then we will talk about this pandemic environment and some of the changes and some of the stocks and trends that could be emerging from this. Uh, so let's first talk about the, the current market, Scott. Uh, now, the last time we spoke was only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was on April 1st. And of course, things were looking really bad. Uh, then we were in a correction. But of course, the next day, we had a follow through day on the S&P 500. Yes, we did. And then on April 6th, we had a follow through day on the NASDAQ. And so it goes to show you that very quickly, no matter how bad the news is out there, the markets can change. And it's up to us to listen to the market. So right now, the markets are in an uptrend. And over the last week, especially, leading stocks are acting better. And you know, maybe it's too early here, but it is starting to feel a little bit more like a, a bull market. Scott, your thoughts? Sure. Um... I remember the uh, the follow through really felt pretty weak and and we were suspect and so our PMs uh, a few were nibbling and uh, a few of us kind of uh, sat and watched. Um, I I didn't buy anything on that day because a few of the others did a little bit, but when they're weak like that, you really got to be careful and, and maybe it's a nibble. Um, and then of course on the sixth, we were all moving in and, and we did move in. Um, we were out of the market fully. And so by the sixth, we had some token positions, but we started, um, building meaningfully. Now, as I said, in our last, um, time we talked, Arusha, we're, we're no plunging, right? You know, we, we can get aggressive, but you get aggressive in the right environment. And when you have a cushion and all of that, um, one thing I tell everyone is very clearly, I don't know of any of us that were very comfortable buying stocks because you know, the last three weeks or so, the news has just been terrible uh to the point where you want to just hide under under the bed not <laughs> leave the house um, exactly but uh, but it but scott isn't that that that's almost always there when when, when you're in a bear market right it it's never going to feel good for those first uh, few stocks that you buy after a fall through day exactly and you're you're basically following rules and staying very rigid with the rules and the rules say you need to start waiting in. Then the next question is, well, how fast? Right. And, and that's to each his own. Um, I, I am kind of surprised that the last two weeks have been this strong. Uh, we've been consistently waiting in um, and, and getting the right responses. And so going deeper, uh, I would say that now it's starting to feel like we're really emerging kind of quick. And I, I think, um, well, today's Thursday. I would think e either tomorrow 
or next week, we're going to have some down days. And so this is very important that in this process, we remain very calm and, and level and just like a robot, keep wading in because if we get a little excited, because a few, you know, I've got a couple of stocks that were up 5, uh, 5%, 5.71%, 4.9%, 4.3%. I mean, this was a pretty good day today. Well, if I start getting excited and start piling in to these stocks, I'm going to mess up my average cost. And that volatility is right around the corner. There is no way we make a bunch of money really fast. And um, there isn't an issue around the corner. And so uh, let me give you a, a tangible example of this for, for your listeners. Maybe you forego the third purchase, you know, in Bill's book, Pyramiding In. Right. So, uh, so let's, first, let's first just briefly talk about the pyramid. And we okay. will usually, if we're going for a normal position, as it crosses the buy point, we're going to buy half of that position and then let the stock prove itself. If it goes up another 2%, 2.5%, we'll buy the, another 30% of that intended full position. And then finally, that third purchase that Scott is talking about will complete that position with that last 20%. Exactly. And so the, the idea is not, let's let, we got an uptrend and let's make a bunch of money. The idea is, can I get some toeholds that can get traction that I can slowly build and work with. So it's a different frame of mind. It's yes. a little bit more defensive. Prove to me I should give you more money. And I know that the boogeyman might be around the corner and try to scout me. So I'm not going to get my average cost. I want my average cost as low as possible in these early phases of, of a uh, possible uh, new uptrend that could become a real bull market. Yeah, and 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 they'll and if it turns to be a real uptrend, a real bull market, the market will keep slowly pulling you in by giving you more and more chances to buy the next batch of stocks that break out. That's exactly right, and so it really is a patience and um, observing exercise. Mm -hmm. It's all observation and, and then methodically moving in. So Scott, let's go over, for those of you who are new to this, to, to the podcast or even to our system, let's go over the follow through day concept uh, because this is a really, really important concept. And we already talked about how scary it is to buy as a market is potentially emerging out of a bear market. Um, and so this is why we have this follow through day concept to give us a signal and to force us to follow rules to start buying something. Sure. Well, go ahead. Walk, walk them. You have the NASDAQ up, walk them through it. Yeah. So the, so what we did with the NASDAQ and I'll, I'll use kind of the traditional uh, kind of count here, but uh, we're always looking so, so clearly you have a, a, a correction here, a bear market, right? We're well in a correction. And all we're doing during that time, we're protecting ourselves, we're staying on the sidelines. We're looking for an update. And on that update, it's not like we're buying at that, but we're gonna start to count. And we keep counting until two things. Either we have a very powerful day that we call a fall today that's up more than 1.25% on higher volume than the day before. Or the second option is 
the low of that uh, the downtrend is undercut, and so it continues the downtrend. So we were in this really long downtrend, and then we had a, a pretty powerful update here, and this, and this was on uh, March 24th. And so we just started counting. We didn't do anything at that point. Okay, so we just started counting. And the earliest you can get one of these powerful follow-through days that we'll call a follow-through day is on day number four and on. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And so on April 7th, on the NASDAQ, we had a falter day. And of course, on the S&P, we had a falter day on April 2nd. But since I have the NASDAQ chart up here, this was a day 10 follow through day that we had here. Now, even then, it still looks really scary. But that's where when the market, you start seeing that kind of power, that trend change coming in. And you start seeing some leading stocks starting to break out of bases or starting to move back up. Uh, that's where you say, OK, I know it's really scary. It might not work. Because all these falter days do not work, but let's put something to work in the market to get that feedback. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's the uh, April sixth, um, not not seventh. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, April and, 6th, and the idea is that this is the uh, beginning of a new trend potentially, and we want to be there. Now, one thing I'd like to tell everyone is this is exactly why you always have to, you cannot tune out. You have to keep your watch list fresh and keep your eye on the market when the market's in a bear market. And it looks terrible because all of a sudden you blink and it changes direction and then you're caught flat-footed. And where's the most opportunity to make progress made? At the beginning. Exactly. And if you catch that trend change, or not if, when you do it once, you will be hooked on this forever. True statement, Arusha? That's absolutely true. Yeah, because you get in right at the beginning. And then you have some great positions to build on. Um, and there's a direct correlation between power and distance. The first ones out of the gate usually are your biggest winners of a cycle. That's another issue. So keeping that watch list fresh and not tuning out is 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 a big piece of this. Yeah, and and so the other thing is not assuming like market came in so hard, it's a natural assumption to think that we may go along the bottom for a while. This may take months. When you get that fall today, treat it with respect, put some money to work because who knows what could happen. Could it have a V-shaped recovery? Absolutely. The market is going to do what it wants. And it's up to us not to predict, but to interpret and listen to the market. Yeah, that's an important concept. Um, we're in the interpretation business, not the predicting business. Um, and, and if you look historically, there aren't a lot of V-bottoms. They're right. more rare, um, but they occur. And we want to just play it as it's unfolding. And um, I, I'm actually kind of surprised at how quick we have bounced in the last couple of weeks. Right. Uh, another interesting concept is uh, stock rotation. So I'm looking at my portfolio right now, and it's interesting that there are some new names I've never owned. There are two names. I have uh, eight stocks. There are two names that I had in the very recent uptrend that were able to reassert themselves. 
there are some brand new names that I had never um, owned. And then there's actually uh, a name that was a previous winner that's reasserting itself, which is unusual. Uh, point being, if you're watching the high relative strength stocks during a weak market, and we just talked, didn't we talk about this, Arusha, on, on April yeah. 1? Yeah, yeah, because that's what we're looking for. This is, this is coming back down to the basics of our system. And on April 1, when we were uh, talking, we, I, I can remember my watch list, all the stocks that are moving had high relative strengths then before the follow through. So, you know, as my dad would say, you're either there or you're not. It's very true. And, and it's amazing sometimes how uh, you can do well in one cycle, but then you may struggle in another cycle because you haven't uh, you haven't caught on to the, the new rotation of stocks. See, that's it. That's a huge one. And I'll give everyone a great example. So the last uptrend, um, we had a lot of uh, the um, uh, help me, Arusha. It was the HR software stocks. So that's right. Yes. Uh, Paycom, the Paycom was the, the, big the one, service right? now, the workday. Uh, yep. We had a bunch of those. Uh, look at Paycom got whacked today, yep. almost 9%. So it sometimes a portfolio manager can have a hard time adjusting from one cycle to the next because the Paycom is still a great company and the service now is still a great company, but the stock is, is not going, it may not work and others are working. And so we have to have that ability to disconnect mentally from a group that, that did well for us prior. And we think we'll continue, but you don't know what, meanwhile, there are other stocks going. That's a great point you bring up, Arusha. On the yeah, I mean, Square was another example of, uh, yeah, it was starting to go. Obviously, they have a really interesting uh, business and story, but you know what? The, the market's not uh, going to treat it well right now. And you just, you just stay out of it, keep it on your watch list and let it set up down the line if, if it's ready to go again. So that's interesting you bring up the square. So we have a, a PM that absolutely nailed that stock through 2017 and 18. And um, so jump into that person's sneakers for a second and think about, all right, you sold it, you've closed out the position, but then all of a sudden it starts to look interesting again what are the odds that you're going to go back to it, right? And probably yep. pretty large. Yep. So I would ask the listeners to pull up the square on a weekly chart. In fact, can we do that? Oh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pull it up on the weekly right now. On a weekly, okay. And you see this absolutely model book move. Right. Gotta love it. And then look at from, uh, what is that? Third quarter 2018 all the way to current. Yep. And so if you're going back to the well, because you, you nailed it before, what's happening to you, right? Well, yeah, you're getting frustrated. You're, you're taking losses. Yeah. And you're losing your confidence. And, and that's the biggest part of this whole game, right, Scott? It's yeah. just that confidence. And it, it's funny. It's not only just momentum in stocks. It's momentum in your confidence. And just buying those little positions early on can help. But also having an open mind to new ideas and letting go of some of those other great ideas that you might have done well in the past is, is just as important. So let me add uh, a little bow on this package. So 
we know statistically that most model book stocks have one move, one big move, and then they're not able to reassert themselves. Now, uh, the square is, is apparently crushing it on the fundamental side in the marketplace and what they're doing. They're really uh, doing well. But mm -hmm. that stock chart is saying that, no, this is a one-move uh, one model book stock. And it was great while it lasted. But if you keep going back to the well, they're going to slowly chip away at you. That's interesting. So the market is back in an uptrend. Leading stocks are starting to act well again, and hopefully your portfolio is increasing a little bit. Coming up next, Scott and I are going to talk about psychology. Stay tuned. I am here with Scott St. Clair. Scott's one of our senior product coaches at Smith. Now, Scott, there are a ton of publicly traded stocks just on the U.S. I think it's over 5,000 stocks. Who has the time to go through all of these stocks and find the very best ones? Yeah, most people don't, right? So what you need is a tool like Marketsmith. We have decades of research on what makes a great winning stock. So we've done all the research for you. So we're going to try to highlight those specific stocks with those great data points. So if you're looking for that next great potential big winner, orange stock ideas button, you just click on it and you've got some of the main reports that we use, including the Growth 250. Yeah, and the Growth 250 is the first list that I go through on the weekends. Yeah, it's the most popular one, but there are others. There's the Breaking Out Today, Stocks Near a Pivot, and then the Blue Dot List, right, which is very popular. It's gonna show you the stocks with the best relative strength. So we've done a lot of the work for you. What you have to do is review these lists. You're going to come up with some of the best ideas in that current market environment. Perfect. Mark Smith saves you time and makes investment research that much easier. For more information, go to Investors.com slash podcast 2020. Scott O'Neill is our guest on Investing with IBD, sponsored by Marketsmith. Okay, Scott, let's talk about psychology. And it's not just necessarily the psychology of the trader. Let's just talk about psychology of everyone in, in the U.S., in the world right now, and, and with the bad news that's out there and, and how easy it is to just let that pessimism get to you. Yeah, it is a little weird. You know, I, I walk in my neighborhood once in a while and there's someone coming the other way and they immediately cross the street when they see me. And <laughs> I think everyone has had that happen. And then a couple of days ago, I went into a grocery store just to kind of do it. And I had to have a mask and gloves and, yeah. and people didn't want to be near each other. And it is different. It, 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 it yeah. I mean, the waiting outside in lines for, to go into the store, right. The, uh, I mean, the, it, it's pretty remarkable how in, in just um, one month, everything ha has changed. And so let's talk about the maybe the potential impact that this lockdown could have both on business and society. Oh, yeah. This, you know, to, to me, I think this is going to have a profound impact on society and business, for instance. Um <clears throat> I think employers, um, the ones that are able to survive this at this point, uh, have a lot of their employees at home and are they productive and what are the tools they're using? Uh, and so here's this crop of ideas, stock ideas 
uh, right in front of us being presented in, from a f fundamental standpoint. Um, I think, uh, Rusha, you were talking earlier uh, offline about exercising at home. That's right, and, yeah. And that kind of thing. Uh, that makes sense. For me, I've been checking with our managers because uh, we have multiple divisions here at DAI. And I, my first question is, how are your people and uh, do they have the tools they need and how's your productivity? And because we're, we're basically an IT company in many respects, uh, we have a very strong network. For instance, our network is experiencing 400% increase in traffic right now because everyone's at home. Yep. And, and so what are the tools that our network people used to be able to scale up and, and all of that. But I, I do think it's interesting. For instance, I would not want to be in the commercial real estate business. You know, you, you saw the trend away from malls uh, and what Amazon, how it's impacted malls. Well, now what about office space? Yeah. And, and um, for instance, we have offices all around this country and in China and India and you start thinking, well, do I really need an office in, in this state? Maybe I could have them work at home. And so I think this is actually going to have a profound impact. Another interesting impact is we have a highly automated digital printing company uh, that primarily serves the healthcare industry. Uh, but there is a component that's ink on paper, and we've modeled out when gradually uh, people will get their statements and correspondence via digital versus ink on paper and projecting out because we have to buy equipment and presses yeah. and, or, and all of that. And we don't want to own a whole bunch of that when finally the lights go out, right? On, <laughs> right. on paper. Well, um, I'm starting to realize that I think this is going to accelerate that process of sunsetting more and more ink on paper. Um, for That's instance, right. everyone listening, you get your bank statement and they always say, do you want to go paperless, right? They're constantly beating you on the head or your medical statements go paperless. So I think that trend may accelerate a little bit. Uh, and of course, a couple of our printing competitors, uh, stocks uh, that are primarily on the ink on paper side look terrible, right? Anyway, so I, I, yeah, I agree with you, Arush. I think there's going to be a profound impact that will play itself out over the next decade. Yeah, Scott, let's talk about a little bit about the productivity because I'm sure you've heard it and we've definitely felt it here at, uh, yeah, at IBD, at MarketSmith. We're all working from home right now. We're using all these tools and I feel like we've all become even more productive. We, we were already a re pretty well-oiled machine before when we were in the office. I feel like we've, we've taken another level up. It's, it's pretty remarkable at how efficient uh, we've become uh, just by using a lot of these online tools. Um, I, I completely agree. I was definitely in this area old school. Uh, I did not like people working at home and you know, you're at home and your spouse sees you and you get, you know, asked a couple of, uh, you know, errands and all of that. Well, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm cut of that cloth thinking back, but right. in, in looking at our operation and, and we have about 
maybe 600 people that are maybe 700 in around there that are working out of their home. So this is not a small operation. And uh, I agree with you, Arusha, actually, without the distractions in the office and the drop-in meetings and everything, we're highly productive and our people are doing great um, across the board. And so I go back to, okay, well, are there any investable ideas in there? Well, what are the tools they're using? And you can start, not that Cisco's probably, a, 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 I haven't even looked at it in a decade yeah. at least. Well, well, let me pull it up just over, um, while but we're at it. But. We're, we're on a, a very a large code for expensive as hell <laughs> cisco switch right and then there's yes. a, a, a a second switch because they got to be redundant and back up and all that stuff but then you work from cisco on to the next uh piece of the the whole how the network's put together that whole puzzle and then you've got cybersecurity in there yep. um oh that brings up an interesting point Never forget, as an investor, don't ever forget your primary motivators, right? Fear, mm-hmm. okay, greed. Well, yeah. on, on the fear side, cybersecurity, safety, right? That's, that's a major theme. And you'll always see uh, a cybersecurity stock or something along the lines of security that can be an interesting idea. Um, anyway, yeah, Cisco. Yeah. Looked- and, and, one, and, and just to give one idea to the listeners out here, one, one of the tools that, that we're using is uh, Slack. A lot of developers, a lot of IT companies are using this and we've been using it a ton since we've been working at home. So I'll talk to the product managers uh, and and tell them uh, what what we need from the business side. And we'll instantly do screen shares. We'll instantly call a number of people all on Slack. We don't have to look up people's phone numbers. You can just pull them up in the directory and, and just include them in conference calls very quickly we can draw on the screens and all it's incredibly productive and so now this stock it's not necessarily ready to go right now but this is what you want to do you want to put it on your watch list let it set up let it see build a pattern and then you could manage your risk and enter it if it if it looks right to you so you always want to kind of do this kind of what scott is talking about look for these ideas and look how some of these uh, larger changes are going to impact the stocks and the business world. Now, Scott, let's go into, because uh, you mentioned earlier, we had this really strong run in the market, uh, which created a lot of right-hand sides of bases. But there's one problem though, right? Because we it was such a strong move over the last two weeks. Some of these, a number of these stocks broke out without handles. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, um... Now, I don't know about the listeners, but I do not like cups with no handles. Um, Clearly, your risk is higher and my batting average is lower. It just is. The other thing I would, um, this is a good one you brought up, Arusha. Um, The other thing I would be careful on is uh, when you're looking at a weekly chart and you're looking at a cup and it's kind of hard to find a handle and then you go over to the daily and you see this handle. I, be careful. You want to, the purpose of a handle is to get those last few negative Nellies out of the stock. And mm. so it takes a little bit of time and you don't want a super volatile handle. You want a tight handle. So it tells you, yeah, there's only a few of these um, and they're getting off, but you know, we're working them out kind of thing. 
So I tend to like a handle that's pretty clean and visible on the weekly. So that's one. Now, I'm not saying it's an either or thing. I'm saying your risk, uh, their risk profile, in my opinion, is different if you have a clean handle on a weekly chart versus one that's a lot quicker and shorter in duration on a daily chart, point one. Now, point two is there, there's a lot of stocks that are really kind of straight up from the bottom um, and, and you don't have the handle. And so the way you look at it is look at, just draw a line on the chart. Where's that bottom and where am I now and what percent am I up? And you got to be careful, you know, when stocks start getting 15, 18, 20, I mean, you know, even 25, they're going to come in. It is, the odds of it continuing is, I mean, what do you think, Arusha? I think it's very low odds to continue. It's going to come in while right. you're getting excited and buying more and more and more, and then bam. Yeah, and I've learned that the hard way many times. You know, you, 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 it's amazing what the psychology can do to you. If, if a stock just keeps going up, it, it, after a short amount of time, all you think of it, it keeps going up. But you have to, that's why we use the charts to give us an idea. Hey, this stock has gone up way too fast. Let me hold off. And that actually even happened for some of the first stocks that jumped out of the gate a couple of weeks ago. They shot up and then they came in pretty hard. Uh, and then they give you another chance. If you were disciplined, you got another chance to buy the lower risk entries. So you always want to keep that in mind. If, if you start getting, if you feel those emotions getting to you and you start feeling that you're missing out, uh, be very careful because you're not the only one. And usually a, a little uh, shakeout is around the corner. Yeah, this is actually a, a refinement in, in, in your process. Be, be very mindful of what Arusha just said, going up too fast and these last two weeks, I'm starting to feel that a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, I, I have not, uh, I did not buy anything today. I nibbled, what's today, Thursday? I didn't buy anything yesterday, and I was nibbling earlier in the week a little bit, and that's it, because I do expect things to come in, and it's not that I want to buy cheaper. It's that I want to try to hold on to what I got yes. and see if it can truly work, right? I'm only in for two weeks now. But when, when like I had quoted today, up five and four and 3%, I mean, that's unusual. And then yesterday we were up, right? Yep. Um, this morning we were up and the indexes were down. And so I know we've got the right stocks. It's just now we're kind of going up a little quick. Absolutely. So you definitely want to keep that in mind. Now, Scott, you know, the, the last topic that we wanted to talk today, because it's uh, there's just so much bad news out there, uh, is to let's just go over some things to keep to maintain an optimistic uh, mindset, because there are, there are a lot of great things that are going on that's uh, that's been easy to forget over the last month. Oh, so... <laughs> I turned on the news last night and the night before, and, and man, that was a mistake, especially <laughs> last night. Um, now it looks like um, uh, the virus came from the lab in Wuhan, and 
and now the world is going to descend upon China and, and we're going to get into, I mean, we're already in trade wars with them kind right. of, and now we're going to fight with them about. So, uh, and then um, some of the quote medical experts and, and it's going to take a couple of years to eradicate it. And then there's the, the mentality out there. Well, let's keep everything shut down until we get rid of the virus fully, which would be nice. But then the American um, economy would implode. And what would ensue from that would just be unprecedented, at least for a century, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, and so it was so negative. I just slithered to my to bed right um it's true and, and so you know i don't think i'm a blind optimist i recognize these problems i i first know what arusha you said is absolutely correct do not use the news and the media to to help you with stock transactions you'll you'll get burned but also i i kind of fall back on you know do you believe in america do you believe in our exceptionalism? Do you believe that, that we've got the best medical system in the world and that, and that we will solve this and that we've got, you know, not just our country, but all the countries are laser on this issue to come up with a vaccine. And I really believe that we're going to come up with a vaccine and I'll put it out there a little bit, my neck. I, I think that we may have a vaccine by the end of this year, when everyone is saying, oh, it's in the middle of next year and, and all these problems will linger, um, that's one. There's another thing, um, and, and I definitely don't want to get political here, um, like Trump or not, okay, uh, the guy is a businessman. He's not a politician. He pretty much proved that the first couple <laughs> of years, right. okay? Um, but he understands business and the economy. And if I'm in his shoes, I'm really nervous because every day that we're locked down is having a profound impact on small businesses. And before I forget, everyone listening, please think about it in, in this context. These small restaurants and these small gas stations, and they're going out of business. And when the economy turns, they're not going to be able to employ people because they're going to be out of business and we have to support them now. Right. We have to buy food from restaurants. We don't have to go inside. Okay. We can pick it up or have it delivered, but we've got to support these, uh, these businesses right now in our local areas. So I, I really push that out to everyone, but back to it. I, I, he's got a real dilemma and it's a no win. You try to open the economy, but you've still got this virus around. And as he opens the economy, the virus is probably going to pick up some. But we have to look now at two negatives and, and which is worse. And so, of course, to compound the problem, uh, the Democrats will attack him. Oh, he doesn't care about people and all he cares about is making money. And, and, and so that is going to get played up. And the reason I'm playing this out for everyone is this is going to feed into volatility of the stock market. So another reason why do not chase, keep your average cost low, resist adding to that good position you have until you really have a clean 
a low risk additional entry point. Okay, because we there's going to be volatility to the end of the year, I believe. But the stock market, if this holds for a few more weeks and really does become a, a real new uptrend, it's telling you that it believes in America also, and it believes that we'll get through this. Uh, that some of the earnings that are starting to come out that are going to be bad are factored in. And so I would recommend turning off the TV. If you need news, Google News or something, try to filter very heavily what gets into your head right now. You know, I go home and I hear about another friend that had to close his business. I talk to um, um, uh, my pool man and his whole family's been laid off and, and it, it, it is bad. Yeah. But the stock market is, is looking at it through its lens. And as Arusha said, we're interpreting and we are uh, accumulating stock. And, and one other uh, key point is the, the stock market is always looking out ahead. It's always looking out six to nine months ahead. So it's not focusing on the bad news now. It's betting that we are going to pull out of this. We are, and we're going to recover and the, the economy is going to recover and, and things are going to eventually get back to normal. But it's really betting on the resiliency of America. I think so. And when we talked last on April 1st, we had just um, come off up off the bottom just a little bit. And what did we drop from peak to trough on the NASDAQ? I, I don't have that right off here, it, but it was probably it was probably close to 30 percent or so. I thought it was 31, um, you know, and it happened at the blink of an eye. And, right. and, and so it, it does get scary. But that's why we follow rules, because you get out of the market as something like that starts. And then when it appears to be done and it's trying to start a new uptrend and you get the right signal, you're moving back in. Thus, you sidestep that. Let's say that that 30% drop was like a 50% drop, like we had no eight, yep. right? Where you blink and man, it's coming down really hard. So we follow these rules of accumulation and distribution to help us time the market. And remember, uh, three out of four stocks follow the trend of the market. So it's a significant factor that we really do have to master. And, you know, our markets team is excellent at it. We talked about that last time. They've spent decades, you know, with Bill O'Neill critiquing them every night. How would you like to be that editorial <laughs> That's a pretty tough job. guy, right? <laughs> hey, Arusha, hey, um, I want to talk about this. So, um, but I, I would finish up with, for some reason, I, I am still optimistic Yes, it's going to be difficult, but I have a funny feeling we'll end the year okay to probably pretty good somewhere in there. Now, that's really a prediction and it's really worth nothing. All right. It's meaningless. That's just kind of my sentiment. Or maybe because the last two weeks we've done really well, I'm a little more bullish. I, I'm not sure. What I do know is that if this market comes apart, we will back away. And if it continues going up in a sound, steady manner, we will add the positions and add new positions and get in deeper. Excellent. Great advice, Scott. That's it for this bonus episode of Investing with IBD sponsored by Marketsmith. 
Thanks, Scott, for joining us today. Good luck, everyone. Hang in there. So that's it. I'm Arusha Pierce, and thanks for listening. And for this week's Nilton Charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.